Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome everyone to another episode of Omidy and Fish. I am Fish, joined by, of course, the host extraordinaire, Omidy. Before we get to that, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to us live one more week. A lot to talk about this week here on ntxgame.com. So let's get started right away. Let me bring home, bring on the guy, the guys whose opinions are always really entertaining, really, really good, controversial at times, the one and only Mr. Omidy. We're seeking. We're seeking. We're seeking. Last last little tailgate state for the year. We got like 255 oh, more days yeah. or something until college football starts, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about with college football. This is kind of your final Mr. Tailgate State for a while, right? Yeah, man. We, we wrap the old college football up. You know, big shout-outs to all the college football fanatics, the bowl game heads. Shout-outs to the people from the Washington Huskies game that saw me at the bowl game, <laughs> shouted me out. Right. Um, you know, shout-outs to everything that had to do with college football. It's been one one crazy ride this football season. It's yeah, we're going to awesome. we're gonna start off with that, too, because last night, you know, the end of the college football season was a great game between two really, really good teams, the number one and number two team in the nation as Alabama – Wins with Nick Saban again, 45 to 40 over Clemson. And I, I don't know where to start with this game. I mean, cause I know 
last week you talked so so much about Alabama and Saban, and they get the win. So I, I'll let you have the floor. Look, I said Nick Saban was a good coach. I did say that this game was going to come down to quarterback play. You did. Uh, fortunately, Alabama's quarterback and the Clemson secondary mm-hmm. were able to be on the same page, which allowed for a young man who did not get a touchdown all season Yes, until this game today, I mean yesterday, and not only did he get one touchdown, mm. but I believe, let me see, I think he got three? Yeah. Three receiving touchdowns for 200, I think 208 yards. Tight end. Tight end. Tight, tight end. Tight end. Yeah. Uh, but great performance by both teams. The game went down 45 to 40. Great way to end a college football season. Uh, a storied franchise, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. College franchise uh, takes their way back to the top. Although there's going to be some discussion, and we're going to talk about that a little yeah. bit later, about did they get it right? What should go down? Right. And, and, you know, I'll be honest. I had a dream. Okay. I had a dream, y'all. I really, really, really had a dream that the college, next year college football playoffs was eight teams. Okay. Like, I swear to you, I'm not even lying. I, I have not told anyone this because I was saving it for the show because okay. – that's how much I love you guys out there. But I did. I had a dream that this was the last year that college football playoffs was going to be four teams, and they were going to extend it to eight mm. teams next year. So, okay. Yeah. Big shout outs to Alabama. Congratulations. Well, um, you know, let's let's get into some of the some of the, the fine details of this game because I'll be honest. I, I thought Clemson was was going to win the game. I was pulling for them, and I thought they did everything really right at the beginning of the game. When they come out there in the first quarter and they're hanging with Alabama, the defense looks good. They're scoring points. It was tied up, you know, late in the game. And then in the fourth quarter, Alabama puts up 24 points, wins the game. And that onside kick, I mean, is that one of the greatest play calls you've seen in college football to call that onside kick at that particular moment of the game and change the momentum? I, I think that's, that was the key play of the game. I think that definitely was a key play of the game. It was a risky play. You know, that's one of those play calls where if it works, you're a hero. If somebody receives the onside kick and runs it in for a touchdown and you lose by seven, then it's the worst play ever in college football. Maybe mm. not the worst play, but it, it'll go down as why did they do that? But the decision to take, to make that play at that time. Hey, sometimes that's what you got to do. I mean, college football at this point, there's no next week. It's it. This is the last game. You need to get something. You need to try something. Right now, you saw that Clemson was kind of having at that point a stalling out. Momentum was on Alabama's side, and they literally set it up perfectly. It did. They that was set a, it yeah, up perfectly. Perfect like, play. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody was bunched up, and then they started the kick, and then dude just kind of circled around the outside, and they left uh, that area of the field wide open, and you're just sitting there looking at it, and you know, everybody was shocked. Great play. Perfect time to call it because it worked. Yeah. And it changed the whole tide of the game. But I think there was something uh that's secondary. I mean, Clemson, the offense did what they needed to do. The defense did. You know, the defensive line definitely did what they needed to do. But they let um OJ slip behind them two times, mm-hmm. two crucial times in the game right. where momentum was taking a chance to go swing their way. And not only that, but I do think that pick in the first quarter that uh 
that was thrown against that uh Cyrus, Cyrus Jones got that pick. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big breaker because that gave Alabama that short field position, and they hadn't been able to really get anything rolling the rest of that first quarter. And I think that kind of got Alabama rolling. That kind of got them that momentum. And from that point on, it really became a national title game. You know, I'll I tell you another takeaway for me from that game, too, was that Clemson quarterback did a hell of a job in that game. I mean, he broke a he broke a record himself. He had the most yards from scrimmage, I think 487 total yards from scrimmage. I mean, and, and the kid is the first player in college football history to throw for 4,000 yards and run for 1,000 yards in one season. Now, granted, he's played 15 games, more games than a lot of other great quarterbacks that we've seen, but... 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in one college football season. I, I think he really played himself up very, very well in that game. Now he, he showed himself to be somewhat of a pocket passer. I think a lot of what I saw last night was he took a lot of shots downfield. And from a lot of quarterbacks, you don't see them taking shots downfield. I mean, he was trying to give his receivers a play under the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it was amazing that it didn't get picked off because he was kind of throwing in the coverages and, you know, defenders were right there. But he was actually throwing the ball downfield. Now, he wasn't successful on his percentage of completions downfield. Mm-hmm. He was more successful on his, his mid-range things. But I think that was what the defense of Alabama was allowing them to get was the up-under stuff. But, uh, you know, the offense did what they needed to do. I mean, the running game was kind of stagnant. But, you know, still the passing game was there. But 45 to 40, they played very well. They yeah. just, the secondary, you just, you, they made those mistakes. And it became one of those games where whoever made the most mistakes was going to lose that game. Right. And those defensive secondary mistakes, blown coverages, uh, the guy that's supposed to be covering over the top actually coming down and trying to cover underneath when there's already a guy covering mm-hmm. underneath. He's not thinking about the guy that, now, I almost think that OJ went on a wheel route on both sides. I think so. I think it was a wheel route on both sides that he just kind of got away from the guy. And, you know, you're just looking at him and you're like, dang, he wide open. Wide open. Wide open. Looking like Reed from the yeah. Washington Redskins. <laughs> you know, and again, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. And I think also, too, you know, the way Washington was playing that night for Clemson, I think Saban knew, hey, I got to do something different. I got to make a different play call because these guys are scoring points. They're hanging with us. So I give him a lot of respect for that call. I want to ask you a little bit about Derrick Henry, who was the Heisman Trophy winner. Watson was the runner-up for that Heisman Trophy. So really, two, you know, two of the best players in the country on the field together in that game. Uh-huh. But what do you think about Henry? Because Henry ran the ball a lot. He's had more, I think, carries in a college football season than any player in in the NFL has had. And I think he, I didn't notice until today, but he broke a rushing record in high school as well too had, I think, 11,000 yards or something like that in his high school career, some major record. He's carried the ball a lot in high school and in college. You think that's going to be a big factor for him when he goes goes pro? Of him getting carries or just? Getting so many carries, getting beat up, taking all those hits. I think, you know, he's. I think he has to become aware of the change in his environment. I think you can't be Marion Barber just because you were able to be big and bruise and beat up everybody in college, you can't, I don't think you should come into the NFL with that kind of uh, mentality, even though you have the ability. I think you should start thinking longevity about your career. I think you should probably get around some good running backs that will teach him some things like 
when the play is over. But he, he does a really good job of extending a play. He's one of the running backs that I noticed that if you ever notice when Derrick Henry gets contact or he gets to a point where he's contacted to where he can't move anymore, he actually just protects the ball and lunges forward. Which actually gets him. I mean, he's like what six four. Yeah, he gets him like an extra, just extra three yards. They showed a picture yesterday with him on the uh, from uh, the kickoff kickoff the coin toss where he was standing next to the dude, uh, the previous running back. What's the little man's name? And I call him little man because he was standing next to Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. It just makes him look <laughs> colossal, right? But I mean, even last night, what I saw was even at one hundred and sixty-seven yards, which is a lot of yards for a running back. The Clemson defensive line was doing a pretty good job they of, were, yeah. of containing Derrick Henry. And I think that was their game plan. If we can contain him, we'll just try to let Coker beat us. And they did a pretty good job of doing that. And Coker, not Coker, Dad, come in. Uh, what's the name of that? It is Coker. Yeah. Coker beat him. <laughs> yeah. Coker beat him. So that's just one of those, um, one of those things in, in quarterback. I mean, uh, college football, man, it, it came down to coaching. You had two great teams mm-hmm. and coaching is what yeah what yeah uh inevitably took over but i have a question for you since lane kiffin mm-hmm. is the offensive play caller true who gets credit for that lane kiffin or nick saban well i i mean nick saban ultimately made the best call which was the onside kick okay so it had to be Saban. okay i, I think kiffin called a good game he, he found this tight end who hadn't scored a touchdown since i think 2013 yeah and they made this kid a star over 200 yards rushing. I mean, made him a star. Yeah. In the biggest game. I mean, and you you didn't think before the game started the tight end was going to have two touchdowns or 200 plus yards in the game. You didn't think that. No. Who, Nobody did. Who goes into any football game except maybe the tight end thinking I'm going to have a 200 yard day today? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I I think it's a little bit of both, but I haven't given more to to saving, which leads me to my next question, a big topic we want to discuss. You've been very critical, maybe critical is not a good word, but opinionated about Nick Saban, about his legacy, his 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 teams, what he's done in Alabama. So now the talk with five championships, you have to ask yourself: Is he the greatest college football coach of all time? If you if you did think that, I tell you what, ESPN would show make you think so. That's all they talk about. Oh yeah, twenty four seven during the game, after the game. You know, just putting him on this big pedestal. I want to ask you, though, what, what's your thought about that? Do I think Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time? I'm going to say he's going to be one of the greatest. I can't give him the but greatest. But not the greatest. Not the greatest. There's a couple college football coaches that I, I kind of like a little bit more. Um, Eddie Robinson, one of them. You know, Grambling State Tigers. Urban Meyer. I kind of like Urban Meyer as a, uh, a coach. I think Urban Meyer is an underrated coach. I think he, due to how the college playoffs are set up, I think he might have, and with this this championship right here, you know, um, this one could have gone Ohio State's way. Mm. It, it could have gone Ohio State's this way. Particular, this, this particular one could have gone Ohio State's way. Because, I mean, I look at the other game that we had, okay. you know, Clemson and Oklahoma, and then I look at the other games, you know, uh Ohio State's game that they played, and some of the other games, and just think about if it was an eight-game playoff. You think you think if it was an eight-game playoff, Ohio State would have won this championship, and not Alabama. I think so. Not Clemson. I think Ohio State would have done it. Wow. 
I so just, you think Urban Meyer is that much of a better coach? Well, you know, I think Urban Meyer is that much of a better coach because I feel like Urban Meyer is a better motivator. But when it comes to play calling and all around just, you know, coaching when it comes X's and O's and on the field stuff, I feel like that's that's definitely Nick Saban. But as when it comes to a, a motivator for a coach and get get stuff out of players, I'm going to say Urban Meyer. But well, that's I don't, my opinion. Okay, I, I don't think you can – I don't think he's the greatest college coach of all time for a different reason, though. For a different reason. One, because, you know, four of his national titles came in a different era of college football. This era that we have now is a lot harder, I think, than any other coach has had to really go through. You know, so he's only got one in this particular playoff era. Who, Nick Saban? Nick Saban. Okay. You think about some of these other great college coaches, they had to go through an actual playoff. You know, back then when Bear Bryant won all of his, there was times when they lost bowl games and they were still the champion. Yeah. Of of college football because they yeah. crowned the champion at the end of the regular season. You know, they didn't have, you know, the SEC championship. They didn't have, you know, all that. And then the college football playoffs. So I think what he's done is great. It, it's, you know, you got to appreciate greatness. Because I'll be honest, when I watched that game and I knew they were going to win, I was a little upset. Yeah. I was a little mad, I, and I had to catch myself like, man, am I really hating? Yeah. <laughs> am I hating on greatness? Yeah. Because five is a lot. You know what I'm saying? Five five championships is, is a lot in this day of recruiting and everything else. But my my greatest college coach is, like you said, is Eddie Robinson. I mean, he's got over 400 wins. He's got, I think, 17 uh, titles in his division. Mm-hmm. That's big. You know, yeah. and I got to give him his props. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I will give Nick Saban his props. He's won his titles. You bring up a really good point about uh, the error that he had to win in. But, man, I mean, you just look at it after that game last night. You see what has happened. I, I can't, you know, just sit here and not give Nick Saban his due because he's done that in LS, at LSU. And he did it at Alabama. I'm not taking any credit away from Nick Saban. Everybody's just like, he just hates Nick Saban. No, I don't like Alabama. Okay. I don't like Alabama. I don't. <laughs> look, I'm not taking anything away. Look, if, if, uh, RG3 became the quarterback of the Patriots, if Cam Newton, and I, I like Cam Newton. Cam Newton's my guy. If Cam Newton became quarterback of the Patriots, I would still like Cam Newton. I would still hate the Patriots. So, so in, in other words, for fan reasons only. Yeah, if Jesus was the coach of the Patriots, I would still <laughs> not like the Patriots, but Jesus would be my favorite coach. Well, I just, I just, that's just how that, I am. I that don't reason like you can't teams. argue. That, that, that's yeah. how you feel. You can't argue that. I'm a fan at some point. I'm Let's, just, you know, I'm we got a little sexy guy. <laughs> we got a little audio from tonight, last night's game. Let's listen to Coach Nick Saban talk a little bit after this big win, 45 to 40, to win his fifth national championship. Chris, thank you very much, Coach. All season long, even before the spring session started, you had one mission and one word: finish. How will you describe what it took to finish tonight? It was a tough game. You got to give Clemson players a lot of credit. They really got a good team. This was a great challenge for us. I am so proud of our players, though, the way they competed, especially in the second half. We didn't seem to have the juice like we had them against Michigan State, but they fought and fought and battled and battled. And obviously, we didn't play great on defense in the end, but. You know, the onside kick was huge. It was a great kick by Griff. I think that changed the momentum of the game, and our guys finished it. We talked about the kick by Griff. You often say sometimes it's a play, one play that makes the difference. What inspired the call at that time? 
Well, you know, we weren't playing very well on defense. It was a tie game. I, I thought we needed to do something that was going to change the momentum of the game, and that certainly did. But then the kickoff return was big, too, so special teams really did it for us. You got number two behind you, but just I got O.J. Howard right here, who hadn't scored a touchdown since 2013. What did you see in the game plan that uncorked that performance? Well, you know, we've been trying to get the ball to him more and more and more, and he certainly made some big plays tonight, and he's a great player for us and a weapon for us on offense. How do you describe what this group achieved? That's uh, Coach Nick Saban, everybody. Uh, talking a little bit after his win about that play call, some of his players. I want to bring on our special guest, uh, the man behind the boards today, Coach Rob. Coach Rob is a huge Nick Saban su supporter. Yeah. Me and Omid seem to agree that Saban draws. We, we ah. seem we seem to agree that he's not the greatest coach of all time for our weak reasons. I like to hear your reasons why he is or maybe he isn't. He's got a man crush on Nick Saban. Maybe so. I have a coach's crush. They go, they go to go out as on a coach. Coach's coach crush. They're on a coach's date. <laughs> so I, cute. Look at film together. Yeah. I, I would accept his whistle. So I would the, accept the, his whistle. The, the <laughs> Now, now I I can't say he's the greatest coach because I am Coach Rob, so I consider myself the greatest. I just ain't on that stage yet. Okay, cool. But cool. But next to me, the saving when it comes to college football is the saving. He has solidified his spot in the middle of the college coaches Mount Rushmore. Five national championships. Two different schools, four at one school, and he pulled a Jordan on you. He won one at LSU, went to the league, just like Jordan went and played baseball, said, nah, this ain't for me. Let me go back, and then I'm going to get me four more. Mm, that's, hey, he that's, pulled that's one a good more point. than Jordan. Mm. I, that sounds great to me. Yeah, that, those are those, That's a pretty strong argument right there. What are you looking to me for? I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm expecting say, you to I say something. Say, I still say Eddie Robinson and Urban Meyer. Okay, I, like, I can't argue with now, Eddie Robinson. Look, the thing about it is, it is impressive, yes, the chant, the titles. I'm not taking it away from him as a coach. You know, you you look at how it's not Nick Saban that I don't like. It's Alabama. Like, okay. Okay, we, let's I'm separate the that, two. That's why I said LSU it. and Alabama. Yeah, I, I, I like, because I'm proud of Nick Saban. If Nick Saban was coaching for the Appalachian State Mounties, you know, yeah. I'd be like, hey, Mountaineers, that, you know, they're winning all the Division Two titles or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and I wanted to say something about earlier, Mr. Omi D said that he believed Urban Meyer is a better motivator he did. than the coach that has won five. National championships. Do you know how much motivation you have to give to get five national championships? That's Coach Rob talking. Five, bro. Not when every when every year you get twelve. That doesn't number matter. One, you get twelve number one. You got to coach team. them. You got to coach them You're up. Coaching them, but bro, kids. people are coming to your college because this is basically a funnel to the NFL. No, they're coming to your college because you're a great no, coach. Because this is mm. a funnel to the NFL, bro. Ex you want to like, get? Like saying, yeah, but you're right, like saying, bro. That's like saying you sending your kid to Harvard, or you gonna send them to Paul Quinn. And why are you gonna send?
send them to Harvard because they have they a better chance of succeeding because people because are going to be at, taught people are better. Gonna look at Harvard, not necessarily. Yes, not that's necessarily. Very, definitely. It's some, people, it's some people that go to MIT that some. would totally disagree with you. Yeah, but you said pa- you said Paul Quinn and Harvard. Now you say MIT. Well, Come on now, that same level. That same level. It was people to go to Yale. That same level. It was the people to go to UNT would disagree. You know, but the thing about it is, it's 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 where when you decide to go to school, your plan is to get to the NFL. It ain't just I want to go and hang out with Nick Saban for four years. Like you you plan to get to the NFL, yeah, right? And you know that my best chance of getting to the NFL because there are some really good coaches out here. Because Tony Romo didn't go to Alabama or LSU, and Neither did Tom Brady, neither did Eli Manning, neither did Peyton Manning, neither right. did uh Colin Kaepernick, neither did a whole lot of other quarterbacks didn't go to Nick Saban's school. Right. But what I'm saying is you just can't, just because this man has won five titles, he's just going down as the greatest coach ever. What, like, how do you, medal, what, like, what, how? That is the how? measurement. You measure when it comes to pro sports, it's measured by championships. Well, how about we see how many people have put which coach has put the most pro players in the NFL? Uh, Nick Saban. Actually, Alabama has put 17 first rounders, which is the most first rounders going to the NFL in Nick Saban's era. No, I didn't ask that. I I, no, I'm just I throwing, just I'm just throwing which, one out which there. Coach. I'm just throwing one out there. I'm, I'm talking about which, first rounders are winners. Coach. You know, that's, that's NFL ready yeah, player. Marcus Russell was a winner. Um, that's NFL ready yeah. player, but he went to LSU. Yeah. He didn't play under the saving. <laughs> well, <laughs> he you, failed at the next level. Why, why, why are you looking that up? I want to ask you guys one quick question about college football before we put a wrap on it. Did the committee get it right this year? They, I mean, cause last night I saw two, I saw the two best teams in college football last night. They had a one and two for the last, what, six weeks of that particular poll. I, I think they got it right. I think this is the second year in a row that they got it right. I definitely feel overall, for one and two, they got it right. And the national championship proved it. Now, that three and four, that's, that's something else yeah, that to be said. And that's why I, I agree with Omi D when he said something about the eight game, I mean, the 18 playoff. And it's just because of that, because you, to me, six and five, six, seven is not far off from three and four. So they're, they're, to me, they're all the same caliber. Let them go at it. Hmm. All right, so got it. Okay, we've got Steve Spurrier, number one, mm-hmm. ninety nine. Frank Beamer from Virginia Tech, ninety two. Nick Saban, eighty two. That's a lot. Mark Richt from Georgia, seventy four. Eighty two is a lot. It that's, is. That's the third highest. Bob Stoops, seventy. Les Miles, sixty seven. And anybody else on the list? Urban Myers at forty four. Mr. Motivator. That's half. half. That's half. That's half. Half empty, half full. And you got Dabo Sweeney at 28. Damn. Brett Bellema from Arkansas has got 29. Mm. That's impressive. That's pretty impressive. I'm going to surprise the TCU with 34. That's pretty impressive. The majority on the last five years. Probably so. Well, OMBD, before we close our college football, anything that Mr. Tailgate State would like to say to the Tailgate State fans out there that – that one guy that screamed out your name at TCU. What do you want to say to them? Uh, first of all, Coach Rob, you were wrong. Nick Saban's got 16 current picks at Alabama. He's got 21 total picks. So you were wrong about that. <laughs> so 
let's get it straight. I'm going to say that I was wrong because Alabama didn't lose two games this year. I thought they were going to drop it last night. They they should have dropped another game. I think Clemson was the better team of the two. But like we said, it comes down to this wonderful game of football. Who's going to make the least mistakes? Whose coach is going to be on top of their game? Which team is on top of their game? And it's going to be awesome. And I, I really pray and hope that next year Tailgate State gets to talk about an eight-game playoff. So We got more to come. A lot more sports action right here on Omidy and Fish. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My chick good, my chick do stuff that your chick wish she could. My chick bad, my chick good, my chick do stuff that your chick wish she could. My chick bad, 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 my My name is Rodney Fisher, joined by Mr. Omi D and Coach Rob sitting in as well, too. We want to make sure you guys go back and download us on iTunes. Go to ntsgame.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, and inter- interact with us. And uh, let us know how you how you like the show. If you if you don't like the show, let us know that, too. If you, you know? want to send us pizza, just let us know, too. Let us know, too. You know, that's all you got to do. Let us know. We talked about college football. Let's jump into some NFL stuff because we got a, a topic we have to discuss we have to get our point across on, and that is the blow-up, the mishap, the the last few minutes of that Cincinnati and Pittsburgh game that awesome went game. that went crazy. It was a great game, but that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, for a game to end like that, thirty yards on two personal, you know, foul penalties because two guys can't control themselves. So, I mean, it's a lot we could talk about with that particular incident. But overall, what do you think about? What transpired or what happened in that game with Burfict and and our good friend Pac-Man Jones? You know, the whole Burfict thing, there was a letter sent to him, and then there was a letter sent to both teams about choppiness coming into the game. It's tough to say that somebody's a dirty player in football because a lot of times – It's a guys, dirty game. It's a dirty game. and uh, And sometimes guys get low to make a hit. And then another guy gets low to take the hit, and you end up hitting somebody across the front of the face mask with your helmet, which I'm not saying that was perfectly legal. I'm, I'm not agreeing. It's a game that needs to be. There are reasons that they try to keep people safe now. But was it was it a legal hit? You thought it was a dirty hit? Was he intentionally trying to hit him in the head? What do you think? I'm going to say yeah. And the only reason I'm going to say yeah is because his, his road of previous actions would lead me to believe that He's the kind that he will take that advantage if he could. But that's just 
that's just looking at his road of previous actions, looking at what happened throughout the game, looking at how he played. I mean, he's a great linebacker. Don't get me wrong. Awesome linebacker. He's on the hit as many times as you'd want your linebackers to be. But, I mean, just the fact that you've got a record of being a dirty player, it's like the crackhead you let in your house, and then you get upset because he's doing crack again. Like, well, you Keep knew he, a VCR, yeah, you, you know? You knew <laughs> he was going to steal. He stole the VCR the first right. time, but you let him back in your house. So you shouldn't be surprised, or he shouldn't be surprised if someone accuses him of certain actions because your actions are speaking for what you, you basically stand for. So, you know, it's uh, the league made a point with it and if he is a dirty player i hope that the three game suspension he got for next season uh makes a point to him that he should clean up the way he plays the game now for all those kids listening out there vcr was something we put like a tape in and played a movie on VHS. you know some it wasn't downloaded it was like a big tape but anyway you know i think i really think with this perfect thing anytime you play football you try to you hit somebody your intentions are to hurt them to make them feel your hit, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times football plays that are really football plays shouldn't be – nobody should win a game like that based on the football play. I mean, that's football. Sometimes you get hit, whatever the case happens. But I think to me, I don't think he's a dirty player. I think he just – I think he plays with a lot of on the edge. He toes the line a lot. But I don't think he's a dirty player. I think he's just out there doing what he's getting paid to do. And that's make plays, disrupt, cause havoc, hurt Ben Roethlisberger, you know, sack him, put him out the game. That's what he's supposed to do. That's how I feel. I don't think he's a dirty player. Yeah, I, I don't see. He's a linebacker. That's that's the most next to running back. That's the most brutal brutal position on the field, and he plays it well. That wasn't a dirty hit. He hit the dude with his shoulder. He hit him with his shoulder. The re- it, it, it hit shoulder, then head. The league got it wrong. The league got it wrong. And, and the refs, again, took over a game, just like when Dez caught the ball last year. <laughs> All over again. Yep. Here's what, uh, here's what Deion Sanders, you know, someone that lives here in this area had to say about that particular play. He, he took this as a time and he was on the NFL network with LT and they're talking about the incident. He took this as a time to kind of, make a, a bigger issue about what may happen to him going on down the line by his actions. Here's uh, Deion Sanders. A lot of players don't understand that the media can actually help you get your point across. And, and that's what they're there for. He could have told his side of things the way he saw it, just like you and I just did. And maybe there are some people out there that have sympathy for him, for, for, for what he's saying. But to handle it like that, I, I agree. He's not going to get any sympathy handling it that you're not. way. You're not going to get any sympathy in America, being an African-American man, putting on, a, we call it the white beater, tank top, putting on your weight, putting on your jewelry, and saying, no, I don't know. It doesn't look good whatsoever, whatsoever. It, that really upsets a lot of people. All they just want is answers, man. In fairness to him, though, his season's over, in part because of him. And we haven't even talked about the penalty on, on Adam Jones. You know, if it was just the penalty on Perfect, it's still a 50-yard field. All right, and that was uh, Dion and LT voicing their opinion. I want to ask you guys about a bigger question about that. Had, you know, let's, let's just cut right to it. Had that been Clay Matthews, had that been Luke Keekley, you know, would, would everybody be still calling him such a dirty player, quote-unquote, 
would he be getting suspended for three games? You, you think it would be the same reaction? No, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't. But that's like like that's the role that Pac Man and Burfick set for themselves, both of them, because they have a history of that. Unfortunately, I agree with Pac Man. I agree with him a hundred percent. I agree with Burfick. I'd be pissed. They're the defensemen. They was out there playing ball, and for the coach to be on the field, just everything transpired. I, I mean, Pac Man should handle it differently, but I agree with him. So you you don't think that Porter should have been on the field at all? No, he wasn't supposed to. Well, he was going out there, there to check on the player. He and, wasn't and checking then, on the player. He what he was doing was what happened. Antagonizing. He he wasn't out there to check on the player. He out there getting going jabber mouth with the rest yeah, of the Bengals. Some, somebody said something to him first. And he he said something back. Okay, but and, and, a, and, that's, and that's Joey Porter. Come on now. Exactly, but that's the thing. But see, don't nobody want to say, well, that's perfect. Come on now and let it go. Don't nobody want to say that's Pac-Man. Come on now and let it go. But then Joey Porter, you see what I'm saying? It's some people, just like you asked about Keekly, yeah. giving that pass to certain people because of their past. Well, you and know, unfortunately, that's how it rocks in the NFL. The thing what happens is, in that situation, Joey Porter is seen as not a person that's in the battle. He's seen as a, almost like a civilian. Like, he had nothing to do with the football game. Why are you who's all, and this is how people will look at it, why are you who's all in all this armor and stuff attacking this guy that has nothing on but a coat? You know, and that's that's how it's seen. And I have to agree with you. Yeah, if it was a certain amount of different players in the NFL, it probably wouldn't happen. It probably wouldn't have gone down. But it is exactly kind of how Dion said. It's how you handle everything. Mm-hmm. You know what your certain set of criteria are. You know what the cards that you've been dealt. You know, as as a black man in this country, you are scrutinized more than anyone else is for everything you do, especially when it comes to something being completely ignorant you know or what they would see as ignorant in the public eye so you should realize that especially pac-man jones of having to have come from something like that yeah. and it almost worked his way back to where people weren't thinking about that anymore you know you should be smarter than that look at people like brandon marshall who's learned you know what it is to be in the nfl i'm not saying that these aren't people but right. there's certain responsibilities levels of responsibility for yourself that you have to think about when you have to handle yourself and then try to get your point across. If he was upset about Jerry Porter, I mean, Joey Porter, uh, being on the field, then he should have done what he should have done, made a, a, a complaint to the league, but out there jabber John with a coach, would he have, would he have done that if it was some old white man coach? Yes. You think Pac-Man would have done that? Yes. It had nothing to do with, with it. It was, the heat of the moment, winner go home, winner win, loser go home situation, and then you got Joy Porter, who's not far removed from the football field, who's a noise talker, and they've talked noise in the past. So it's, I mean, that's that culture. It it is, it's not about black and white on the football field. It's about touchdowns and end zones and tackles. The the thing is, where he was mad, Porter didn't get flagged, but he got flagged. So it, it didn't go both ways. Really, if anything, it should have been offsetting penalties. Reap, and, but 
that penalty gave them an extra point to win the game. Yeah. But and it, 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 it wasn't cool. Because it would have been a 50 yard yeah. field goal if, if they didn't get the Pac Man Jones thing. And, and Pac Man reacted pretty, pretty, you know, harshly as well, too. You know, he, he didn't wait any time, you know. At least Burfick stood in front of the media. He might not have said much, but Pac-Man chose to go to social media on Instagram and, and kind of play this, uh, left this little message. We'll listen to that here real quick too, because he went off. I mean, Pac-Man went off for, for, for real went off, you know, but he's kind of, he's kind of reinvented himself and, and two, he's a free agent. So I'm thinking like, man, why would you go on Instagram and say all those different things, cussing out the referee, cussing out Joey Porter, and you know you're a free agent. You got you got to think even bigger than that. You got a family. You got people you got to take care of. I mean, that's something that really kind of bothered me about the whole situation as well, too. You know, but other than the players, what about the head coach? How come the head coach would have enough control over his team to keep them ready for that moment? They had the lead in the game. Yeah. They hadn't won a playoff game yet. Uh, they've been such a great team with good re- regular season records, but can't get out the playoff. Slide. I mean, it's been what twenty plus years since the playoff win, and that that says a lot too. That says a lot when you, and I hate to say, because I like Marvin Lewis. I mean, he he gets them to the the playoffs, but, how, but, but he's, he's he can't not a get good over coach. That See, he's I not can't. a good coach. He's not a good coach. Your team does that in that critical moment, and you can't control you, and you see it coming. And, see, and that's why you I, see it coming the whole game. You cannot. It's not a good coach when you have it one. You can't win the playoffs. That's not a good coach. And see, that's why it's hard for me to say he's not a good coach because he knows how to win in the regular season. He he he's as yet to win that playoff game, but he knows how to get there. That's why it's hard for me to say he's not a good coach. But he definitely has a disciplinarian issue but because that's, that's all his coaching, yeah, right? that's that's part of it. I guess I guess the X's and O's parts. I'm cool with him on and and all that, but. His teams are a little too loose. But let me ask you they, something. They're a little you, too loose. You are a coach. You are a coach, Rob. Yeah. And you're coaching the team. They can't win in the playoffs. They cannot win in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, or, or you know, you you play on a team that ain't won the play. How you feeling about that coach? I'm. I'm. There's, you can't trust him. I I can't. And that's why I put him in the same category, honestly, as Jason Garrett. They're good coaches, coordinators. But they're not head coaches. I, I just I feel like Marvin Lewis would be a great coordinator, or, but head coach, he doesn't have that uh, that you need to get over to that next level. You know, like the saving. He don't have that. Uh. Here we go back to the saving. <laughs> I, 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 I put Marvin Lewis on the same list with Jason Garrett that yeah. they should be fired. That, that's my that's my opinion. Marvin Lewis is, is a terrible coach. I mean that 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 just that that right there should never happen in a game we trying to win one. No, nah, that was that was a grown man. That was a grown ass man. Um, they gotta control themselves better. Marvin Lewis, he kind of reminds me of Andy Reid in Philadelphia. You know, he was able to get to the playoffs, never really able to win a Super Bowl, but you know, you're just good in the regular season, but just some about playoffs, you just you just not there. I don't know. Coach, what is it? What, what, Andy what, was good, and I mean, he made it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, Lewis right. can't get a playoff win. Asking what is and, the deal? And Andy's still winning. He yeah. he got a game yeah, no, coming no. up. No, I'm not saying. Nope. I said he reminds me of Andy Reid because he's never been able to get over the hump. I'm not saying Andy Reid wasn't a good coach, 
But what I'm saying is, what is it about Marvin Lewis, you being a coach, why do you feel like he can't win? He don't have that, uh, he don't have what it takes. Like, it, every coach is different. Every coach has a different coaching style, but you gotta have that it factor. Like, your players have to buy in to the fact of we, this is our leader, we're gonna take on his personality. If you look at, you don't never see Marvin Lewis out of control, but his players out of control. So therefore, he, he doesn't have that it factor to where his players are gonna follow him in the war and fight the way they need to fight in war and come out victorious. You gotta have that it factor, that leader factor, that leadership. And as a head coach, he don't have it. Mm. Therefore, I mean, how you gonna go to war and your, you're only strong as your, your weakest link. Yeah. And if your coach is part of your weakest link, right. you in trouble. Your leader supposed to be the strongest link. And I'm with you 100% on that. You said it exactly how it needed to be said. Other than that particular game and what happened in that game, was there any team that surprised you guys that you felt like, man, this team is better than I thought? Because all the road teams won. No home team won. We saw the the miss from Blair Walsh in the Minnesota game oh. to, you know, everything that happened. But I for can't. the teams you saw, who 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 really looked like they could do some damage? Kansas City. That was speaking my team of Andy Reid, because one thing I, I've always liked, I've never been an Eagle fan. I can't stand the Eagles, but I've always liked Andy Reid as a coach because he's, he knows how to get personnel. He knows how to get personnel to do what he needs it to do. I mean, just for the simple fact when he got T.O., he knew he needed one receiver, came in, Super Bowl. Same way with Kansas City. He took a throwaway quarterback who was proven, and he's been the same quarterback since he was in, in San Francisco and Alex Smith, and he's moving them down the field. Right. They got a Running back around. go down. Yeah, and, and that's one thing about Andy Reid, and he knows how to plan. If you look at the way he dismantled the Reds, I mean the uh, Texans, it, it was beautiful. Wherever J.J. Watt, one tackle. Yeah. One tackle, and it's because of the play calling, the counters, the – the the screens the cross I mean it it was it was like ballet on the football field yeah yeah it was beautiful what do you think Kansas City was it was that the team that really looked like they could go all the way to you no no who was impressive to me was Green Bay really Green Bay yeah they and I'm not saying they were impressive to me like man they're gonna go all the way but they impressed me more than I thought they were gonna do mm. that's what I will say I'm not saying they were the most impressive team yeah I was I was shocked at how Kansas City dismantled Houston I was not surprised because I don't think Houston was really that powerful of a team anyway and Kansas City is a pretty good team Denver's you know faced off against them a couple times this year but um in loss and loss so you know I'm gonna say Kansas City's a good team, but Green Bay surprised me. They played a lot better than I expected them to play. And uh like they say, it's not about when you win, but it's about when you get hot. Yeah. And so, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is heating up. Their receiving core is heating up. And if they stay healthy, I mean, you might – you're going to have to see them because they're going to play – who's that they're playing next week? The Cardinals? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's going to be a tough game. The road yeah. ends death. Yeah, me too. I, I think the card. I think the Cardinals will beat the brakes off the Packers. They're beat yeah, the brakes off. I think they really will. But you know, there's another. There's a couple other games too that are going on this upcoming weekend. We got to talk about also, and that starts with the Patriots, who are going to have to face the Pittsburgh Steelers with maybe a one-on Ben Roethlisberger, maybe no Antonio Brown. Although I think I think they'll both play. I mean, that's, that's, that's not the Steelers, Steelers team. I thought the you, Patriots were getting the Broncos. 
No, no, the Patriots, Whatever. the Patriots are playing the Steelers. The Broncos, I'm sorry. The Patriots are playing the Chiefs. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, the Patriots are playing the Chiefs. Yeah. And then the Steelers and the Broncos. You're right. Yeah. Broncos get a, a beat up Pittsburgh team. Yeah, that that Chiefs team, I'm giving them a big shot against that Patriots team. From what I've seen them do on Chiefs defense, will beat the Patriots. I, I think they could go up there and win. They they won eleven straight games, right? I'm telling you, yep, they, they made eleven, and they will beat the Patriots. They they're loaded. They, this is why they'll beat the Patriots. In the last eleven games, they have the number one ranked defense. Mm-hmm. I believe. I see that's it. why they're going to beat the Patriots. Thirty to nothing. And and that's the thing when you have the number one ranked defense, then you got a quarterback that don't turn the ball over. And you got a coach that knows what he's doing. You got a formula for success. You got a field goal kicker that don't miss many field goals. You got yeah. a formula for success, and and it's it's going to show. It's going. I hate. I, well, I don't say I hate to say it because I like Belichick. I like good coaches. I don't. I don't like Brady. So I hate to say it for <laughs> Belichick. I love to say it for Brady. The road ends this yeah. week. It ends. Let me ask you, Mister uh, Denver Bronco fan. Don't have it, you Denver Bronco fan. Cap on today, but you got a tough challenge. You got the Steelers coming up, and Peyton Manning is coming back. You know, you you once said that Peyton Manning wouldn't start the playoffs, and now he will start the playoffs. So, yeah, how, I didn't I didn't foresee Brock Osweiler having that bad game at the end, but you know, well, how short of a lease do you give Peyton Manning? When do you make that call to bring in? Osweiler, do you ride him all the way out through it through that game? Uh, I think it becomes a two to three interception situation. You gonna give him three picks before you pull him? I said two to three. I think you you look so at two. You look at the picks. Now, are we are these just bona fide Peyton Manning through to the wrong person? Peyton Manning struggling? Are these uh off of Demarius Thomas hands? Kind of those football ball was in the air kind of picks. You you kind of judged by that it's it's on his performance not just the fact that he threw interceptions but i don't think there's going to be a struggle with uh the the pittsburgh steelers especially if they're not able to bring back the wide the wide out and the quarterback it's it's going to be i'm not going to say it's a cakewalk for that defense but that's a lot for that backup quarterback to have to handle going into denver so i would be really excited to see a kansas city denver afc championship game that would be awesome in denver yeah Considering I'm going to be up there that Sunday, <laughs> but the, the, the awesome Denver should win that game, but they can't allow Peyton Manning to throw him out of the game. No, they that, that's what that's what game. can't happen. They, I think they have to keep a very very short leash on Peyton, even if he doesn't throw any, you know, two interceptions. Say he throws one interception, but he's short on him in the ball, can't throw it deep, throwing ducks. You know, the the playoff Peyton Manning that we've seen in cold weather. If, if that starts that. happening, I think at halftime, you got to put Brock in, right? I think Brock needs to start the game. You bringing in a 97-year-old quarterback that's been sitting down for the last seven, eight weeks, mm-hmm. can't even take his own shoes off after the game and saying, go out here and beat the Steelers. Nah, man. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. So they're doing from the start. That's a recipe for – I'm telling you, if Peyton Manning take their first snap, Steelers, definitely. Not gonna have her. Not gonna have her. Put the, put the kid in. Put Holland. the kid in. The defense is gonna pray them short passes. He can't throw the ball 20 yards. No, no. They're gonna I'm, pray on him. I'm put the kid in. Agree. You know me. I said Osweiler should have yeah, been yeah, in. I was surprised in. they put him in, put Peyton Manning in 
at the end of it. Right. But you know what? You kind of also look at maybe what's the mentality of what's going on. Peyton won the game at the end. You bring him in. You put him in again. Do you want to bring Peyton in at the end to try to save the game? Or what if Peyton is coming right. in? And what if he's hot? What if he's rolling? Mm-hmm. What if what if he's rejuvenated? You know, I'm not saying it's it's bad. I'm a Broncos fan. Mm-hmm. It might be good for Osweiler to be able to see something like that and take that knowledge with him to the next level. But I would rather see a six seven quarterback in the shotgun playing that can actually, as Coach Rob says, make some shots down the field. Right. Because you keep yeah. dinking and dunking all night. You better hope that running game is working. I mean, that's that's your all. You got you got the receivers to go deep. That's, I, I mean, and, and you're playing, that's the weak point of the Steelers defense is right. their defensive back. Right. So you're going to make their weakness your weakness. Who's their coach? Well, it's, it's, hey, that's going to be, a, it's going to be something to watch. <laughs> Didn't in that he get game. fired once? Yeah, he did. It's yeah. going to be something to watch in that game. Yeah. On the NFC side of coach. things, Seattle, after they get that lucky win, they're going to be going, uh, all the way out to Carolina <sighs> to face the Panthers and Cam Newton. <sighs> I think I think Cam and them wouldn't want it any other way. I'll be quite honest. I think they really would have wanted this to be the way it is to, to to go through Carolina, beat you know beat the best team in Carolina, beat the Seahawks. The guys have been there twice before. Uh-huh. I think they really wanted this to happen, and I expect Cam and the dab on them boys to come out there and wreck shop. Oh, I think it'll be. I a, really do. I think it'll be it'll be one of the best games we've seen Cam Newton play all year. I think there's a chip on their shoulder because, of course, everybody's doubting the greatness and, and how well their teams play. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Seattle knock them out of the playoffs last year? Yes. Because they came in as that wild card. Team, yes. Won the first round. And then in Seattle. In Seattle, lost right. to Seattle. And it was a miserable performance. And Carolina performance. went to Seattle during the regular season and beat Seattle this yeah. year. So I think that they got a good chance that especially with that defense, everybody's had a chance to rest, get healthy. Uh I think it's gonna be one of those situations you're gonna see a whole lot of there's gonna be a whole lot of um what are those things called uh that you get when you go visit places and you bring them back for people. Souvenirs. Souvenirs handed out <laughs> by Cam Newton. There we go. Afterward, I think it's gonna be a whole lot of footballs and souvenirs handed out Handing this week by, yeah, by Cam Newton yeah, and the boys. Yeah. In my book, this is definitely the game of the week. Yeah. I mean, you got let, – let's. Uh, I got to go there. Bigger than the KC you got the and two, Patriots game? The two black best NFL quarterbacks mm. out there about to go at it with two of the best defenses at their back. I mean, it doesn't get – this is like Little League football, the two top teams in the city. I mean, it's the trash talk. Can you, you got Sherman on one side. What? And then you you got the whole Panther defense on the other side that talk noise. Yeah. I mean, cornerbacks for cornerbacks, linebackers for linebackers, quarterback for court. This the game. Mm-hmm. This is the game. Like if you're not tuned in to watch Cam win, because that's where I'm going with it. You're not. You're not so, an NFL so fan. Does anyone give Seattle a chance to win this game? I give them a chance, but but not a, not a good chance. I'm riding with I'm riding with with, with Cam. Go I gotta some, ride with Cam. Buy me some Greek yogurt and watch this thing. I gotta ride with Cam. <laughs> I, I want to see Cam dab, Nay Nay do out every dance there is yeah. in that end zone. Yeah. I want to see him dab in yeah. Richard Sherman face and then Sherman talk some noise and he. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh man. 
this is going to be fun. This is going to be football. Yeah. And I think the referees are going to do a good job because they, they've, you've played this season. You know, Cam Newton, this team is an entertaining team. Carolina right. Panthers, they're a team that they're not only, they remind me of the 85 Bears. They're not only going to win, but they're going to give you a show along with, you know, on the sideline. They won. They're over there taking the dab pictures. Everybody's enjoying it. They dance on the sideline. That team has some charisma. And I think that's the kind of thing that's going to take them far. Hell, I think it's pretty much going to take them to the Super Bowl. Mm. Hey, I don't see anybody. It look like a Carolina blue sweater you got on there. Yes, it's close. <laughs> it's close. Oh man, it does. It's, it's, it's a greenish. T- greenish I, I, I got to ride close. with them. I got to ride, close, with man. Them. I don't see. I don't see it happening. I don't see another team strong. The Cardinals had a good chance, but without the Honey Badger, I just don't see. Yeah, that, that was their X factor. Yeah, yeah. That, that was their defense. Yeah, you're right. Cam Newton, man. You're right. We're gonna see. You know, if they can, I think they'll annihilate Green Bay. They should. They should blow the doors off of Green yeah. Bay. So we'll see. Yeah, because Green Bay like beat a bad. I, I Redskins made it, but they beat a bad Redskins team. I mean, and that's that's straight. I would Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins all day. All day. So that was supposed to happen. But you, but you, you about to run into a whole different monster in them Cardinals. That's yeah. a whole different monster. Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. some receivers and you got some linebackers and yeah. you got some football team. You won't be putting up 30 some points. Believe no, that. I don't think so. Not at all. <laughs> and that's what it's going to take to beat them boys. Man, so. could you imagine if Arizona, I mean, makes it to the Super Bowl playing in their home stadium? Man. I think it's the first time that's happened since like Green Bay won. Man, that's, Atlanta. yeah, it's, it's got to be. Wow, but I don't know. I just for some reason I feel like the winner out of this uh, Seattle and Carolina game is going to represent the NFC. Yep. Be I think Kansas City, yeah, and Denver in the AFC Championship game, and went out of that oh, AFC West. No. Mm. I, I see if if things go the way I think. I see a Kansas City and Carolina Super Bowl. I don't see that. That's that's what I see. I don't see the money. Man, that's gonna hey, be I don't see the money. I see the the talent. I see you got you got to follow the money too. You got to make sure you got to follow the money. Fans. I mean, Bama was in the championship. You got to follow the money. You know, yeah, they, they, I, I hear you. They had like six different telecasts too. I couldn't. Even, yeah, I'm looking at different cameras and different people talking. Cam. Craziness, man. Uh, alumni cam. Yeah, it was crazy. I never seen it before. But we're going to find out. We're going to come back next week talk more about it. Of course, we'll be back 8 o'clock right here on NTXGame.com. For myself, Rodney Fisher, Omi D, and Coach Rob, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Go back and download us. Until next week, peace. This is a journey into sound, a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new values, and a new experience. Stereophonic sound, 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 sound. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.